Welcome to Infinite Insights, the podcast designed for all TK-12 math teachers. And that includes you, elementary school teachers. So I'm Dwayne Hobbecker. I'm the math coordinator for Merced County Office of Education. And I'm Maggie Peters. I'm a math consulting teacher for the Rincon Valley School District here in Northern California. And every other week, Maggie and I are going to share a new math research study or an article or some other mathy thing. And we're going to talk it over and bounce ideas off of each other and, and think about how to implement it in the classroom. And basically, we're going to do all the thinking so that you guys can just hear our thoughts and implement it in the classroom. So uh, how you doing, Maggie? I'm doing all right. Just finished my first week of school. You know, everybody's getting back in the swing of things after a long summer. So, but it went really, really well. Nice. How about you? Uh, well, I am grasping a, a brand new job. I'm uh, the math coordinator of Merced for all of maybe like two weeks. So I am feeling completely incompetent every day. They say that's when you're doing your most growing. So. Uh, I'm getting a little tired of growing. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so um, what's up? So like over summer, I did a PD for some of my teachers because I came across an article that really sparked some interest in me. And like, it, it's, we've been taught um, to start school every year with getting to know you activities and boring lists of class rules and stuff. And Those are like the shall nots, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I came across this article and there was one statement that he said, it, and he's like, I wonder if the message your students hear by using um, the fun stuff, the getting to know you activities and the boring list of class rules at the beginning of the year, that if they hear things like your curriculum is so boring that we're better off building culture before we get to the boring stuff. <laughs> so I thought, wow, that's an interesting thought. Um, but is that possible to do to using your content? Um, you know, so that was one of the things that we talked about in this. And according, you know, to this article, we can do that. Interesting. So we're supposed to like imagine that we're able to both like engage our students in your content area while at the same time developing a, a positive classroom culture and establishing norms and fostering school pride, right? Is that what you're kind of saying? Yes, yes. And so it's like, well, if that's what we want to do is to build culture and establish norms, why not use your content to do that rather than some, I don't know, third party out of the can game? Is that kind of? Yeah, it? but is, it, is that sacrilegious? Like, should we use our content that first week? That is totally, I don't know, like, revolutionary, a little rebellious, because that's not what my credential program taught me. Right, totally. In fact, my, I think my credential program taught me not to smile until December. Yes. And, and and so it's like, I don't know, this is this is a little shaky. I know it. Actually, my student teacher, I remember my student teacher, uh, my mentor teacher telling me that um, I had to be really serious and wear a suit to work uh, <laughs> that first couple of weeks. Because I needed to prove to my sixth graders that I was in charge. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> that would not work for me. <laughs> I know. It, it totally didn't. <laughs> oh, 
have, but you know. Um, so I don't know. Tell tell me a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit about the article that I'm talking to that you and I keep referencing. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is, okay, well, first off, it was written by Jeff Crawl, right? And the link to that that web page thingy, um, we're going to put it in the show notes. So click on the show notes and it's going to be on our website as well. Uh, oh, by the way, I don't, I need to tell you this, Maggie, our web address is oh. the, the other math.com. Oh, perfect. Makes no sense because our podcast is called infinite insights, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for a variety of reasons, it has to be called the other math.com. And so that's it. The other math.com. You go there, you're going to find the link to this audio. You're going to see all of our show notes. You're going to see everything. So there you go. So basically the article is called the don't teach them content on day one myth. And uh, it's by Jeff crawl and, and really kind of in a nutshell, what he's saying, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong and I want to hear your thoughts, but basically what he's saying is when we're setting up the norms and culture and all that sort of stuff, why bother? We, we don't need to tell the students what the norms are. And instead, really, let's be the norms. And you got the first day behavior. The kids are coming in. They want to hear stuff. They want to check you out. Uh, rather than just telling them what the norms are, be those norms. So the idea might be to choose a math activity that's somehow, you know, if you can, it's somehow directly connected to one of your math content standards that you have to teach anyway. And then use that activity and allow the students to be solving that activity. So it's an authentic math problem. But in that math problem, the students are getting to experience what your norms are, what your, um, I don't know, your class routines are. So they, they're, they're learning all the things that we wanted the kids to know in the first week of school anyway. Mm -hmm. but we're, just, we're just doing it inside math rather than, I don't know, choosing a third-party product and which really just says to the kids, hey, math is too boring for us to use to teach cont uh, culture and routines. And once we have fun getting to know each other and everybody's names, then we're going to do the boring math. And it's like, no, let's use math to establish all those norms and getting to know you activities, right? Yeah. And the idea is, and now this is me. I don't think the article actually says this. He, I think if you're going to choose that day one activity, keeping a growth mindset in mind, right? Yeah. Uh, we need to choose an activity that is like a, the classic Joe Bowler, low floor, high ceiling problem so that uh, all students can access the problem. Your, your ELs, your pushed in resource kids, and all of your kids can access the math at the same time as learning the norms. Otherwise, if, if they can't do the math activity on day one, they're like, oh gosh, this is going to be a long, horrible year. Exactly. And I think that's why people are afraid sometimes of using content the first day, because they're worried about that you know, you don't have the kids' trusts yet. You know, they have to build that. And if you take something that's too hard for them right away or something that they can't access, they're going to turn right off and you've lost them. So yeah. it's easier to do 
you know, a getting to know you activity where you're writing three things about yourself on a piece of paper and balling it up like a snowball fight, you know, then bringing in one of those math um, assignments that is low floor, high ceiling. Um, but I think that's what Jeff crawl is saying. You know, you can do those two things together. You can talk about those activities that are like math, low floor, high ceilings, and then talk about how did you feel about completing that activity? And then you've got so much information about your students and your students are now understanding that, Hey, we're going to work in here and we're going to do it in a fun manner. Nice. You know, the thing you, you mentioned building trust, right? And you know, the snowball game thing that you were talking about is and all these get to know you activities that build trust. Well, you know, if you think about it, the teacher's going to have to build trust with the kids inside the context of math anyway. Right. You know, I mean, the, the moment you start teaching curriculum and the moment you ask the kids to participate in a number talk or the moment you ask them to work on this big old problem solving event, I mean, that's a that requires trust right there. So you're going to have to build trust with mathematics anyway. So you might as well do it day one rather than choosing a non-math trust-building activity. Do you, what do you think? One of the things that we did during the summer PD, um, we looked, our, our curriculum is Engage New York, right? And everybody um, was a little bit nervous about rolling that out um, on day one. And so we started looking at a kindergarten lesson the very first one in module one, and it was about the similarities and differences of shapes and people. Um, in the activity itself, it was talking about how you could set the kids together or group them together, and then they look at each other and notice what's the same and what's different about each other. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't know about you, but to me, that is one of the perfect getting to know you activities. And I didn't even write it. It came right out of the curriculum, you know? So it's possible to find those activities within your curriculum or your content. And, you know, I checked in with the teacher who said she was going to try it. And she said it was phenomenal. They got the first day's math, you know, uh, lesson out of the way. And their kids got to know who's the same as them and who's a little bit different. Oh, that's cool. You know what? I, coincidentally, I just saw a kindergarten teacher, same, that's the coincidence, kind of do something similar in that he, um, man, the guy was brilliant. Day one, he pulls up a kid and stand, has has the boy stand in front of the class. And it's, you know, kind of warm and friendly. Everybody's cool. Nobody's nervous here. And then he, he tells the class, okay, I'm going to bring up another student. And he happens to bring up a girl this time. And he says, I want you to see the pattern that I'm trying to create with these students. And so they, they had to learn their names. And one was Mark and the other was Lisa. So there, there wasn't a pattern with their first names. And then he pulled up a third student and the class is all talking about the patterns that they think they're seeing. And then he pulled up a fourth student and eventually there were enough students standing in line that the class was laughing because they learned they could see now what the pattern was. And it turned out they were all wearing shorts. 
Oh, that's so, awesome. But it's, you know, it's low key, but it's classifying and categorizing mm-hmm. a key kinder um, content area, right? Yeah. But he's doing it in a way that day one, building c- culture, they all were having fun. And by the end, everybody knew everybody's names because everybody got a chance to be in a category. That's great. Yeah. Totally stealing that and going to be using it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your infinite insights bonus right there. (laughs) Right? Now I wonder, like, is this when, because those activities seem like getting to know you activities, but that teacher was, you know, they really were intentional about how they chose that, you know? So I wonder if it's important enough to, to really give the students that insight too. Like say like What do you mean? Yeah. Grief. Say, do you realize you just did math? A math that was all about um grouping and classifying. You just became mathematicians on day one. (laughs) I didn't think of that. So while the kids are all having fun and learning the routines, (laughs) they're being mathematicians. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but I bet you it hasn't been named that often, and they just think it's a fun getting to know you activity. Ah, uh, true, true. That actually makes sense. So I don't know. What do you think in the in the grand scheme of things? What do you think? Do you think using content day one is something that that is doable, or is it something that is shaky and you know? can only, I don't know, only be done if you've known the kids for a while. Okay, so now you got me thinking, okay, as a coach, uh, you know, one of the, it kind of breaks my heart, right? When a teacher will say things like, I have to start curriculum day one because I have 180 lessons and there's only 180 days in the school year. So I have to teach starting day one. So that part has always broken my heart a little bit because it seemed like they were saying that, like, I have to teach math in lieu of getting to know the kids. And I I think what this article got me thinking And because in the past, so I did a little bit of personal growth here because of this article. In the past, I think I would I would have told the teachers, "Don't teach for the first week. Mm -hmm. Get to know your kids. Yeah, get to know your kids. Make it a happy place. Um, We could talk about week of inspirational math and later in, in a second. But you know, I might say, do a week of inspirational math. Get to know your kids, and then jump into your curriculum." And so, uh, so this article got me thinking, well, okay, maybe you can use your curriculum day one, but use your curriculum uh, as the context for building relationship and use your curriculum as the context for establishing routines and getting to know everybody, um, not, not put off your content because you need to do more important things like building routines, right? So, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you no, off. Go, like, go ahead. The, the quote from the article that got me thinking so very much was that, Matt, are we inadvertently saying 
to our students. Math is, you know, or by not teaching math first day, we're telling them math is so boring that we're better off building culture before we get to the boring stuff. Yeah. That got me because I'm like, oh, I never even thought about that. Right. You know, like, okay, we're done getting to know you. Now let's go to math. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So like, let's figure out, let's start with the content. I'm, I'm seeing a more nuanced approach, right? He's saying, start with your math, start with your curriculum. Now, here's the caveat. We don't have to start with the curriculum. He's really saying, start with a content area. Exactly, which I have to yeah. admit, I got mixed up at the beginning. All right, so if we don't, if if you don't want to start day one of lesson one with whatever curriculum you're using, fine. Although I think you can. I, I'm starting to develop an idea of, I think you can start with your curriculum. But if you don't want to, at least build those routines and establish norms with your content area. So that's where Week of Inspirational Math comes in. Do you want to tell the, the the people what that is? Um, Yeah, it's a fabulous, I don't know, week of math that Joe Bowler has put out. And it gives you lessons for every single day um, of your first week or, um, where the kids can think mathematically. It's low, uh, low floor, high ceiling activities. Um, it's at ucubed.org if you want to check it out. I just put it in our show notes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, it's it's really phenomenal stuff. Yeah, and it's like pretty much in a can. It's got the little video introductions. It's it's grade level specific. So she's got content for your grade level. Um, it it focuses on math, but it also has that added component of constantly hitting your mathematical mindset, your growth mindset mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I've had so many teachers tell me it was the best best start of their year ever. Uh, I agree. I yeah. agree. When I was still in the classroom, I used it. And kids looked at math completely different when yeah. I started the year off with that. Mm-hmm. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, the kids throughout the whole year constantly use the vocabulary and the mindset that they learned in that first week. It's it's unbelievably powerful. Now, here's the real cool thing. It, she's got her third year's worth of Week of Inspirational Math on her website. So you, if you wanted to, you could scatter in some fashion <laughs> three years, I mean, three weeks worth of her Week of Inspirational Math throughout the year. Uh, so you can even have like a like a refresher course. Yeah. Uh, like in spring or so. Or after uh Winter break after you've taken your long break and they come back and need a refresher. <laughs> That's a nice idea. Bringing back those procedures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's been close to 20 minutes. All right. Uh, well, then you, I guess then. Do you have anything else? Up. No. I think I'm going to leave it at this. I definitely think that you can use content not to be confused with curriculum. Although I do believe that curriculum can be used as well to help, you know, develop those class norms and to show kids that, you know what, math can be fun. I'm going to say math is fun. (laughs) All right. I I, I will give you a high five for that. Math is fun. (laughs) Yeah. We don't, we don't have to make math fun. It is 
fun and let's use that fun, let's use that content as the context for building norms, setting routines, and getting to know everybody. What do you think? I think that's perfect. Well, you have a good week, Maggie. You too. All right. I will see you later. All right. Take All right. care. Everybody else, have a great weekend and oh. thanks for listening. Hang on. We have to tell them. Go to our website, theothermath.com. We have to tell them to press the subscribe button. Tell them your Twitter. My Twitter. Yeah. I think it's at, at Bailey Lover one right? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Well, I know mine. Mine is D. Habecker. <laughs> or I'm Maggie Eddie Peters on Facebook. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now we could say goodbye. <laughs> All right. Have a nice weekend. Right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.